Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, with your host, J.R. Thickland. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, with your host, J.R. Thickland. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. Hope and Healing takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, man of purpose himself, and your host for the evening, Mr. J.R. Diggler. Code 323-784-9638. That's area code 323-784-9638. 
888-646-9638. And at any given time, if you're listening and you desire to have a question, want to speak to our guests or ask a question, simply hit number one on your keypad. That lets our producer know that you want to come on the air, and we will get you on the air tonight. And we're so excited to have each and every one of you that are listening tonight on this great radio broadcast. Now, I want to immediately get started by saying these words here, that I believe tonight is about empowerment. I believe tonight is about victory and is about triumph. In other words, uh, there are many people that find themselves victims of domestic violence. We know that statistics says that women, one in four women in their lifetime, will be a victim of domestic violence. One in seven men will suffer that same fate. But what I want you to know is that just like there's a way in, there are ways out of it. And there are those that come out of it, and they are triumphant, and they get through it in a significant way. And so tonight I have two very special, uh, what I call victorious survivors that are on the line tonight. Uh, our first guest, and they're going to both be on simultaneously here in a minute. And it is so great to be with you, coming to you live right now. You're listening to Hope and Hill. To wholeness, and I am your host, J.R. Thickland, and just little excerpts there from a previous broadcast, but I'm so glad that you've joined us tonight. That's right, from coast to coast, you listen to us every Monday night right here on the Soul of America Radio Network, and once again, this is J.R. Thickland, and I'm so very glad to be with you on today. And for those of you that are listening for the very first time, we welcome you to this platform where we are discussing issues uh, that requires hope and healing in order to get to this journey of uh, to wholeness. This platform was designed to address the issues of domestic violence, the issues of rejection, abandonment, divorce, grief, loss, any of those things that are brought injury, that there is a need for hope to be restored and for that journey to wholeness to occur in your life. And we're glad to be here with you every Monday night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 o'clock Central, 7 o'clock in the Mountain Time Zone, 6 o'clock in the Pacific, and wherever you may be around the globe, you listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. We're always glad to be here on the Soul of America Radio Network, a network where you can find very, very insightful shows and very powerful platforms addressing some of the most common and contemporary things that are happening and so um, I just want to say to you today that as you've joined us today, if you're listening by way of the Internet, that's www.soulofamericaradio.com. Thank you so very much. Um, and if you are wanting to listen in by phone or to call in to be a guest, then guess what? I encourage you to do so. Simply call area code 323-784-9638, area code 323-784-9638. 638. That is how you reach us here on the line tonight, and we're so very glad to be with you. There's so many exciting things to talk about, and yet it's still so many things that are really, really at the thrust of our heart and at the thrust of things that are going on around us. I am so glad to be a part of what is going on and what's happening in our society today. And I tell you today that I am thrilled. I am thrilled because I do believe that in the midst of all things, that I think that when the mind changes and when we can change our mindset, our beliefs, our concepts about how we look at life and how we look at one another, I believe that we're on our way to seeing things turn around in our society. And so having said that, I want to say to you tonight that we have a very, uh, very interesting show lined up for you tonight, and we really welcome callers that are calling in tonight. I want to talk about this tonight. I think it's very pertinent and very important uh, to be able to talk about it. And uh, that is very much, we want to talk about this whole issue of uh, dating. When dating goes wrong, 
what happened when dating violence happened and when dating goes wrong? Quite frankly, uh, if I was to put it up on another subtopic, it would be very simple as this, folks. You know, what happens when all of a sudden uh, no doesn't mean no? What happens when you have said it's over, but it's not over? And so what we're talking about when dating goes bad it might not be over when you think it is. And that is the part that I want to talk about it because the fact, even inside of domestic violence relationship, what we understand is the gravest period of time of danger is when the, uh, when the uh, victim have left the perpetrator. And so for those that say, well, just stay in there. For those that say, well, uh, you know, hey, why don't she just leave? Why don't she just leave? She must like it. She stays in it. Everything. You don't understand the dynamics of this. See, the dynamics of it is this, is that her gravest period of time or the victim's gravest period of danger is when they leave. When they leave, the, the ability to predict what the perpetrator is going to do is lost. When they leave, the, uh, the ability to know where they are and what they're plotting to do is lost. And so when they leave, it becomes dangerous because, in fact, in many times, that is when the perpetrator either tries to carry out the threats that they have made in time past and then constantly still blaming the victim. And so what happens even when the victim think it is over? Maybe they have reached the truth and they've said it's not going to happen anymore and I'm going to go my way and you, you go your way. And although that has been what has been said, it very seldom goes that way. It very seldom ends that way. And because it very seldom ends that way, what we have happening is even a greater issue. The issue is the fact that the abuse continues. The abuse becomes even more calculated. And oftentimes, because it becomes more calculated, it becomes even more frightening and even more dangerous to the particular to the particular uh, victim there. So that is something to keep in mind inside of this whole scheme of things, that it's not as easily done as it is said. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. When dating goes wrong, it might not be over when you say that it's over. And that is something to really keep in mind, and I'm quite sure there are many stories out there where individuals have tried to get out of abusive relationship, and everyone have not met the same fate. For many, trying to get out has been the most dangerous thing, and that's been one of the most uh, uh, if you would, most frightening challenges of a lifetime, because trying to get out and remaining trapped in is something that, uh, quite frankly, can be very devastating. It can be very, um, if you would, disheartening, you know, thinking that you're out of it. So you have to be very careful about that. And I, a lot of points I want to bring up in the time together on the show tonight, because what we have to see is the fact that what ends up happening when we think that all is well, when we think that it's all right, they finally got it, I told them it's over with, we're not going to do this anymore, this song and dance is over, and the only one that gets the memo is really the victim, because the perpetrator have made up their mind it's not over until they say that it's over, and so although you said that you're done with them, they're not done with you, and so therefore it becomes a real issue to us, and we have to be very cognizant of that issue. That issue is very important for a number of reasons, because of the fact that when we think that it's over when and we go on trying to live our lives as if everything is okay, we generally run into something that is greater, and that is the, um, if you would, the mystery of not knowing what's going on, the mystery of not knowing what's going to take place, and those things are very important to keep in mind. So I invite you tonight, right now, to open line uh, as we discuss the subject when dating goes wrong. It's not over always when we, it's over. 
So you can call in at area code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us, 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us. And if you'd like to be on the air and have a question or comment, simply hit number one on your keypad, and I promise you our engineer will get you on, and we will bring you into this very important dialogue on tonight. And so I'm going to take a very quick commercial break, and right after that, we'll be right with you, and we're going to continue our calls and our subject when dating goes wrong, it might not be over when you say it's over. You listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Ficklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. Be right back. via internet, you're probably seeing a series of advertisements. Please click on those advertisements as they help us to continue to bring you the best in Soulful Talk Radio. By Choice to Fellowship on Facebook is a spiritual, drama-free, judgment-free fellowship forum for like minds to share in encouragement through testimonies, scriptures, music, prayer, worship, and fellowship. It is our desire to be an oasis of hope in the midst of the deserts and wilderness of life's most challenging experiences. We welcome you for prayer requests as well as your testimonies as we collectively operate as thermostats changing life's experience through God's leading in His Word. Join us as we empower lives and shape destinies. That's Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship on Facebook through a search you can find us. If you're listening via internet and you want to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. This is the Soul of America Radio. I am Indy Harlem too, and I am fighting the power on the Soul of America Radio. Worldwide Coast to Coast Talk Radio. This is the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to SOAR. And now back to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Welcome back. 
welcome back and welcome back uh, to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. And I'm so very glad to join us here tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network from coast to coast. This is where you find us every Monday night. That's right at 9 o'clock p.m. 9 o'clock p.m. You can find us here 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And you can find us here 8 o'clock. That's 8 o'clock. Uh, Central Time, 7 o'clock Pacific, and, of course, you can always find us here uh, on this great network here. For those of you that want to call in tonight, want to listen to us by phone, please do. You can find us at uh, area code 323-784-9638, area code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us tonight, and we're so very glad to have you. So as I always say to you, that this is always a time. It's a platform. It's uh, it's a time to not only have our opportunity to share with one another, but it's a time to make a difference. And so as I say to you right now, that it's an interesting time, because relationships can be very complicated. It can be very complicated inside of the things that we're doing. You know, and it can be very complicated inside of the things that we actually witness. And so when I say to you about these times here, the time is so right in terms of so many things that we're doing is to talk about what happens inside of relationship. What happens when a person made up in their mind and said, it's over with. I'm done. I'm through with this. I'm going my own way. Only to find out that the reality is that it's not over with in the mind uh, of the perpetrators, not over with in the mind of the individual who is actually also inside of this relationship. And so we have to recognize that when we do this and when we say these things, we have to be willing to recognize that the other party may not have concluded that it's over with. And that can become some of the most gravest period of danger. It can become the most gravest period of danger in terms of how do you respond to it? How does it happen? How does it play itself out? Um, you know, the danger of it, uh, the feeling of being unsafe, the unpredictability of what might happen next. These are realities inside of relationships that oftentimes that are abusive. And they're abusive, and oftentimes they're abusive in a way that really affects everything, everything about the dynamics of the relationship. So I want to make sure that you uh, recognize that this is so important tonight inside of what is happening, inside of how it happens and everything, because the fact uh, – it is not a great time. It's not a great time. It's not a time that it's not a time where a person feels very safe. It's not a time that a person feels uh, like that they can go on and be who they are because this is a dangerous period of time. So when we talk about it's not always over just because we say that it's over. It's not always over. Listen, we may say that it's over, but in the mind of the perpetrator, in the mind of those that are a part of this, it is not over. And so because of the fact that there is not a mutual agreement uh, that it's over with, that this individual has a need to try to control, this individual still have a need to try to, uh, uh, to affect uh, the individual, that although they think that it's over, it is not over. And so I want to deal with this because we talk about the most gravest period of danger for any individual. An abusive relationship is when they try to leave. We understand that the propensity of danger and most uh, victims end up either injured very severely or killed trying to leave the relationship. And so are you saying advocate staying in? No. I'm saying, however, one must know. One must, one must know when the best time for them to leave. One must assess their situation. 
situation and no one can greater than the person that's inside of it. And so I say that to those the individuals that oftentimes get frustrated because perhaps your friend, your loved one, your, uh, your, your, you know, your coworker, whoever they may be in an abusive relationship, and you really want them to leave and you've been saying, look, you need to leave, you need to leave them, and they're not moving quick enough for you, I submit to you that you must have patience. You must understand that they are going to move in their timing. They're going to move when they feel that it is necessary. Your prayers, your support, you let them know that you're there for them goes along. Understand that there are many things that are going on in their mind, in their hearts. The dynamic of betrayal, the dynamic of deceit, the dynamic of control, the blaming and the blaming of themselves and, and also digesting the blame that has been placed upon them all very essential part of what goes on in the mind, what goes on in the way that they see themselves, what goes on in the way that this thing plays out. So it's a very important thing for us to keep in mind that abusive relationships are that. They control the mind. They control what one thinks. It, it, it plays a big part in how one responds to different things. So I want to make sure that we're all clear on this because of the fact uh, it's not an easy go matter. It is not an easy matter at all. We have to understand that as this intensifies, as this becomes very, very volatile, that the victim finds themselves questioning themselves. When they leave, where do I go? How am I going to get there? How long will I be able to stay? What if, what if this person finds me? What if they carry out what they've said they're going to do? How am I going to make it? How do I rebuild from here? I don't have enough money. I don't have enough this. I don't have transportation. I don't have a job. There are a number of things that go through an individual mind. So while on the outside looking in, we may only see the fact you just need to get out of there, on the other side, it's more than just getting out of there. It's about what happens once I get out. It, it is what happens once I get out. What happens if this doesn't go right? What happens if no one supports me? What happens if they find me? All of these are dynamics in which the victim has to consider when they're in an abusive relationship. They have to consider this because, in fact, it is a real issue. This is something that oftentimes we take for granted. We take it for granted that we have a roof over our head. We take it for granted that we can live peaceful lives. We take it for granted that we, uh, we know where uh, our next source of help and support is coming from. We take it for granted that everything that we have is just going to be there. Oftentimes, for victims of domestic violence, it's not that easy. Some dynamics that's very much compounded. It's compounded with the fear, the threats. It's compounded oftentimes with a lifestyle that have been built and that have been conditioned them to oftentimes to be dependent upon the very person that's abusing them. And so I want to make sure that you understand that this is critical, and it's critical and it's critical to each and every one of us. It's critical to, uh, to us that know someone who's in an abusive relationship. It's critical to the child who's a child of an abusive relationship. It's critical to even those that may work with someone who's in an abusive relationship. What happens when the abuse comes to work? When the person that you work with may be in the same building, maybe in the same area, maybe in a cubicle right beside you maybe in the same department. What happens when the abuse comes to work? What happens when you're doing your job and you overhear that coworker on the phone pleading with the perpetrator, their partner, please don't do that. No, don't do that. 
No, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't embarrass me. Please stay away from here. Don't do that. What happens when you hear that? What happens when you continue to hear the phone calls happening and the calling and the hanging up? See, here are dynamics and here are things that are happening that we take for granted. You know, you're trying to even figure it out. You're trying to understand those pictures that you see on the desk, those pictures of your coworker and their partner in much happier times, those pictures that you see. You're trying to reconcile the fact, how can this be the same situation? I mean, I thought they were happy after all. I thought they were doing well. Well, perhaps what you've seen is that victim really trying to hold it together, who really loves their partner, who really wants this to work, who really wants to live this out. But perhaps it's more than that. Perhaps it's more than that. Perhaps it goes beyond that. And when we talk about going beyond that, you've got to understand the fact that what you may be looking at is a shell of what once was. Perhaps what you may be looking at is only a shell of something that used to be a true statement. But how do we examine? How do we examine our own lives? How do we examine our own selves? What happens when no does not mean no? What happens when you say that the relationship is over and you're done, but the perpetrator, your partner, says that it's not? When they continue to show up, when it gets to the point where restraining orders are taken out, but they're not complied with, when it gets to the place where there's stalking that's happening on the job, a stalking that's happening at the house, a stalking that is happening even around family members, what happens when the dynamics are such that you start getting stalking by even e-stalking and computer stalking or what we call cyber stalking? Hmm. Clear the dynamics aren't as simple. Area code 323-784-9638. That's how you reach us. Area code 323-784-9638. That is how you get in. If you'd like to uh, comment, have a question, whatever, you can reach us at that number there. Just simply, once you get in, hit the number one on the keypad. That lets our producer know that you want to come on the air. You can come on the air. You don't have to give your name if you don't like, but we'll love to have your questions and or comments. You know, we often have seen domestic violence come to work have come to work, and oftentimes because of the dynamic of shame, the dynamic of privacy, because of that dynamic, in many cases what we see happening is the fact that perhaps the victim doesn't want to tell. It's embarrassing. They don't want to tell. Who do they want to notify to say that, listen, we're having some problems, or my husband or my significant other have threatened me have threatened me. He has threatened to come up to the job. And because of the fact of that, we don't want to share. Because of those reasons, the individual finds himself in a situation where they're silent and they do not share. And oftentimes leaving others in a very vulnerable situation, not knowing what's really going on. The dynamics are there, and one of the things about it that we have to understand that it's not an easy place to be. It becomes so easy to blame the victim and say, look, she should have let us know, or wow, you know, why did she say something? But you know what? It's not always that easy. 
And it's a lot easier said than it is done. And so we have to keep that in mind as we deal with this dynamic. Area code 323-784-9638. That's how you reach us. Area code 323-784-9638. If you'd like to call in or be in on this tonight, uh, hoping healing the journey to wholeness, that is how you reach us tonight. We're talking about when dating goes bad, it might not be over when you think it is. And that's what I want you to look at tonight because the fact we've seen too many times it happen uh, where the victim have declared that it's over. I'm done with this. I'm out of it. And how does it impact future things? How does it impact you? What? How does it impact future relationship? Perhaps this individual does think it's over, and perhaps they're even entertaining, talking to someone else. Whether that's wise or not is not the question at this point. But when they thought it was over, and they're being truthful to a new party, saying, no, I'm no longer in a relationship or whatever, but they find themselves, as they begin to try to go on with their lives, still being stalked, harassed, threatened, and even abused by that former partner. When they thought it was over, but it wasn't. We see that played out in so many dynamics. Even inside of a relationship among young people, we see this dynamic played out. And it's played out in such a way. We see it played out. We see it played out even in, in teen dating violence. These type things occur. Uh, we thought it was over with, but you continue to say that we're a couple. But I said that we're not a couple, but you're saying that we are a couple. And so these are dynamics that we have to pay very, very close attention to because it is a dynamic that is so true. So I want to invite you in tonight. Um, it is a great opportunity to really explore um, the the dynamics of what's going on, the mindset. How are we thinking? When we start thinking about the many things that happen as a result of this, what happened when we see uh, situations happening that put the victim lives in jeopardy? You know, these are things that we have to continue to keep in mind. Because they are very, 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 very true. And so when we start talking about, you know, uh, what this looks like, <laughs> we got to understand that this is a big problem, especially among young people. Young dating abusive relationship is a very tall order in our society. And, and we don't understand that even as starting as early as high school, this is happening, folks. Nearly 1.5 million high school students nationwide experience physical abuse from a dating partner in a single year. I mean, do you understand that that uh, dating violence and, and young dating, adult dating violence is a big problem? And it's occurred in all the communities across the country? When we look at one in three adolescents in the United States is a victim of physical, sexual, emotional, or verbal abuse from a dating partner. And this figure uh, uh, far exceeds rates of other types of youth violence, so this is very important. One in ten high school students have been purposefully hit, slapped, or physically hurt by a boyfriend or girlfriend. And so you say, why, why, why are you, why are you focusing on this? Because girl and young women between the ages of 16 and 24 experience the highest rate of intimate partner violence, almost triple the national average. So you think about your young daughter, your young niece, your young sister that is in high school who's dating who may find themselves in an abusive uh, relationship and may not always open up to you about it. Keep this in mind. Among the female victims of intimate partner violence, 94% of those aged 16 to 19 
and 70% of those aged 20 to 24 were victimized by a current or former boyfriend or girlfriend. And you hear me saying that because it's happening interchangeably. Typically, violent behavior begins between ages of 12 and 18, but the severity of intimate partner violence is often greater in cases where the partner of abuse was established in adolescence. And so that means when this abusive behavior was established when they were young, we generally see that become even a bigger problem. I know that we're, you know, we're at the term, you know, people are graduating, it's the end of the term and, and for school, but even on college campuses and college students, nearly 43% of dating college women report experiencing violent and abusive dating uh, behaviors. Hmm. Now you think about it. They're going away to study, to try to improve their quality of life, try to pursue dreams. So they're not necessarily equipped to deal with dating abuse. Matter of fact, 57% of them say it's difficult to identify, and 58% say they, they don't know how to help someone who's experiencing it. They don't know how. Yes, they may, have, they may be empathetic. Yes, they may uh, really wish that it stopped, but most don't know what to deal, do with it. One in three, or thirty-six percent of dating college students have been given a dating uh, has given a dating partner their computer, email, or social network passwords, and these students are more likely to experience digital dating abuse. Why? Because it's put up on the gals. If you love me, we have no secrets. You would share your passwords with me. You would share your email with me. And so when these things happen, notice how subtle they are, but they're part of a much larger problem. They're part of abuse. They're part of control. They're part of this type of uh, domineering behavior, and it affects everything that you do. And regardless of where you are, I want you to hear this today. There is no community that's exempt. You're not cool enough to be exempted from dating of violence. You're not smart enough to be exempted from dating violence. You're not hood enough to be exempted from dating violence. You're not bougie enough to be exempted from dating violence. These are behaviors and things that crosses every social, economic, and ethnic line, and we have to be very clear about this because this impacts each and every one of us. No one of us are exempt from it. And so we have to keep this in mind. Whether you are a mother or father to a college or a high school student, whether you are a sibling to someone uh, who may be in an abusive relationship, you've got to understand that they need your help, they need your understanding, they need your support. It is very critical that we have this in mind. So as I say that to you, understand, there are long-lasting effects of this type of domestic violence and this type of dating violence because violent relationships that happen in adolescence can have serious uh, ramifications by putting the victim at higher risk for future uh, uh, things to happen. Oftentimes, victims of, of violent behavior, uh, behavior end up being higher risk for stuff like substance abuse, eating disorders, uh, risky sexual behavior, and further future domestic violence. So being physically or sexually abused uh, also make teenage girls uh, six times more likely to become pregnant and twice as likely to uh, get an STI. So when we start talking about a sexually transmitted infection, all of this goes along with it. When a person is in an abusive relationship, they're afraid. What do I do next? They're afraid. They're pressured. They're pressured into engaging in sexual activity. And oftentimes, as a result of that, they, they don't take the precaution of saying, look, are you, you know, have you been tested? Do you have anything? So there's the, there is the, and the propensity for an individual to contract a sexually transmitted infection. Think about this for a second. Think about this. Half of the youth who have been victims of both dating violence and rape attempt suicide compared to 
5% of non-abused girls and 5.4% of non-abused boys. So you don't think that abuse and rape doesn't have a great deal to do with the uh, propensity and increased risk of an individual attempting suicide in other areas? Yes. Folks, we have a real job to do. There's lack of awareness even in our homes. There's a lack of awareness that is happening among parents. There's a lack of awareness that is happening, and we must become very quickly attuned to what's happening. What do you mean there's a lack of awareness? There is a lack of awareness. Listen to me very carefully. Only 33% of teens who are in a valid relationship ever told anyone about the abuse. Only 33% of them told. So that means the other 67 did not. 81% of parents believe teen dating violence is not an issue or admit they don't know if it is an issue. So they don't know what they don't know. So there must be an education awareness campaign. And though 82% of parents feel confident they did, they, they would recognize the signs of their child if their child was experiencing dating abuse, a majority of parents, 58% of them, could not correctly identify all the warning signs of abuse. So we have to look at these things take seriously because serious folks. Talk about things that affect the lives of individuals. We're talking about abuse. We're talking about a pattern of behavior that can cripple one's outlook on life. We're talking about how these things start young. They're not things that just happen when you turn 30 or 35. This is real. And we have to understand that it's real in a real way. And I, I want to bring that up because, of fact, these are things that we're, that we're faced with. These are things that oftentimes and, uh, that, that we overlook. Because, unfortunately, if we don't see a tragic such as death, most of us do not take it seriously. We do not take it seriously. And we've got to be in a place where we take this as serious as what it is. We've got to understand that it is very serious. It is very serious. And so when we look at it, we have to look at it from the eyes of a, a larger picture. Did this type of views affect everything about a person's life? I want you to keep that in mind. On an average, more than three women a day are murdered by their husbands or boyfriend in the United States. Ten years ago, in 2005, about 1,181 women were murdered by an intimate partner. In 2008, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention published data collected in 2005 that finds that women experience 2 million injuries from intimate partner violence each year. But I want to take a little deeper inside of this type of thing because, folks, this is deeper, even deeper than that. When we begin to look at what happens inside of uh, uh, so many different dynamics, uh, you know, uh, when we start thinking about how abuse uh, affect us and how many people have lost their lives to it. This is something to really consider. Erico 323 Erico 323-784-9638. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to host this. Hold this. I'm sorry. This is your host, uh, J.R. Thicklin, I'm so very glad that you've joined us tonight right here on the Soul of America Radio Network. Listen, I want to take your calls. We're, we're so interested in your comments tonight. <coughs> Excuse me. As we get ready to go to a commercial break, give us a call. Here we go, 323-784-9638. We'll be right back right after this commercial break. 
This is the soul of America Radio. Thank you for listening to J.R.L. Thicklin, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. We feature every Monday night a show solely devoted to people that are going through abuse, some type of problem in your lives that you can't work out. We mainly focus on domestic violence, the cancer in our lives. Join J.R.L. Thicklin, your host, here every Monday night. At 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock p.m. Central, right here on the Soul of America Radio. You can contact Jay every Monday night at 323-784-9638. Or you can listen to him online. Just follow at soulofamericaradio.com and listen for look for live streams. And that way you can speak or listen, whichever your choice may be. Thank you for joining us tonight. You're listening... To Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin, on the Soul of America Radio. If you're listening via internet and you want to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. This is the Soul of America Radio. Here's your host, J.R. Thicklin. And welcome back to Open Hill. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin. I'm so very glad you joined us here tonight on the Soul of America. Network. And for those of you that are listening uh, for the first time, we're so glad that you've joined us here on this network. Call a friend, tell a neighbor that we're on. Tonight's show, we're dealing with when dating goes bad. It may not be over when you think that it is. So we're talking about, uh, you know, really those dynamics that affect trying to leave uh, of domestic violence relationship. Uh, you know, and so when we look at that, I want you to keep in mind that oftentimes it is the gravest period of of danger when a, a victim tries to uh, leave of an abusive relationship. And so that is what the basis of our show uh, is all about. So Erico 323 784 is the number you can reach us today. And that's the number I want you to call in on. We welcome your opinion. We welcome your um, playback. We welcome your feedback, I should say inside of this. So this is very important because of the fact we want to make sure that we recognize that this is a real issue. It's not a matter of just saying leave. Um, you know, you know, just leave, 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 leave. Sometimes it becomes even more dangerous when one leaves. We start talking about who's involved in it when one leaves. We start talking about the many different things, dependency issues, uh separation issues, uh financial issues, economical issues, all of these things that happens as a result of this. We start talking about things like stalking that happens as a result of abuse happening in this manner. So I want to make sure that you are that you're hearing this because 
is very critical inside of the whole dynamic. It's not just a one and done. This is very, very serious. This is a serious uh, situation. It's not so easy to get out, um, you know. And so we, we want to talk about the risk factors that happen when uh, one may think that it's over with, um, you know. So there is risk factors inside of leaving, and so. Uh, we must realize that a person must be ready to leave uh, in their own timing, in their own way. And so that is what we want to continue on tonight, 1-800. Uh, uh, I'll give us number 1-800-799-7233, 1-800-799-7233. That is a national hotline number that you can call if you know someone who may be in an abusive relationship and give them some help. That is a good way to give them help no matter where they are. Um, in the country, and I want to make sure that that is part of your resource, that is part of your repertoire, because it's important in terms of this. This is not a one-size-fits-all situation. This is not something that we can just say, oh, no problem, go right ahead. But we got to understand that, that this is dangerous. It is. It is. When we understand that domestic violence is the most common cause of non-fatal injury to women in the United States, and when we start identifying risk factors for such uh, for, for such injury, injuries, we, we, we have to look at the social, economic, and behavioral characteristics of women who are victims of domestic violence and the men who injured them. And in other cases where we may see the uh, same sex and we see this type of abuse that's going on. And so we have to be willing to have a healthy dialogue about this. This is very critical when we understand the risk factor of leaving is not so simple. Emergency rooms will tell us the stories. Hospitals will tell us the story of those individuals who were trying to leave and often found themselves injured even more. So when we talk about this pervasive and frequently unrecognized cause of injury that we call domestic violence, we have to look at the things that happen. We talk about women who came to the emergency department with injuries due to domestic violence. And these women range from age, from young, from 16 to 66, and, uh, and they cross a lot of socioeconomic and ethnic backgrounds. And oftentimes, they, uh, their domestic violence has, uh, often resulted in severe injuries. And many of these women, although they rather not, they found themselves actually, they actually found themselves in the hospital because they end up with severe injuries from this issue of domestic violence. And so it's a real issue today. It's one that I don't want us to take lightly at all. And when you start talking about the uh, you know, the risk factors that happen, when you look at the fact that 36% of all emergency room visits are due to domestic violence, that is a big number. It's a big number. And that means that when we see women going to emergency room, there, there's almost a flag that goes up. What is she really going there for? You know, is you know, is it a sickness? Is it a legitimate injury, or is this something directly happening related to domestic violence? And those are the conversations that we must have. Those are the conversations we must look into because these are the things that most affect uh, so many people. When the woman is affected, it affects the children. It affects the household in every way. And we have to have those conversations. What are the conversations that we're having with our young boys? when they are witnessing domestic violence take place. What are those conversations? How do we explain that away? How do we explain that? Do we say, I just got angry? Come on, surely we're beyond the fact now that we understand that domestic violence is not a matter of anger in and of itself. 
anger becomes a problem when uh, anger is a problem that one may have. It may be the vehicle that is used oftentimes for the person to, uh, to uh, if you would, to follow through on their abusive behavior. But we have to be very careful about the way we begin to look at this issue of domestic violence because it is one that we cannot afford to ignore. We cannot afford to ignore. It never remains silent. Domestic violence never remains silent, meaning that eventually we see it played out. It's played out inside of the people that we're dealing with. It's played out inside of a, uh, you know, the lives of children. It's played out inside of coworkers and jobs. It's played out inside of uh, trauma. It's played out oftentimes in stress. It's played out inside of suicidal ideation from victims that have suffered so much and so long. Folks, we're talking about a very serious issue here. We're talking about domestic violence. Domestic violence doesn't stay home. Domestic violence oftentimes come to work. The number of visits that are made to hospitals oftentimes emergency rooms due to domestic violence. No, is that what's told to the uh, first responders? Generally not. Sounds more like, well, I fell. I had an accident. I ran into the wall. Yeah, the wall that's been there all this time. So there are a number of things that are there. That that's the case. Now, I know that we have callers on the line, and, and um, many have chosen not to actually uh, ask a question or participate. But for those of you that are out there, area code 323-784-9638, that's the number that you can reach us today. If you'd like to come on the air, you'd like to be a part of this today, I want you to be a part of this today. And I'm going to take um, next to our last break, and I'm going to uh, come back immediately afterwards. You'll listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Hold Us. This is J.R. Thicklin, and I will be back after the break. After the break, we'll bring on our listener. We do have a caller that does want to come on right after this break. Come right back to the line. Healing a journey to wholeness with J.R. Thicklin is coming back right after this. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio LLC. This is the one and only Soul. Violence, 
or if you think someone is, reach out to them. If you are a victim, reach out to somebody. You can call the National Hotline right now at 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. If you didn't have a chance to write that number down, call Jay Thicklin right now at 1-323-784-9638. Speak to Jay right now at 323-784-9638. And now, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, continues with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Thank you so very much. You're on the air tonight. You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, and we're so very glad that you join us on the Soul of America Radio Network. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here on the Soul of America Radio Network. Just before the break, we were talking about the subject when dating goes bad. It may not be over when you think it is, and definitely we have many callers that are on the line, but we invite uh, you that uh, want to call in tonight, there you go, 323-784-9638. Bye. And we're so very glad to have a caller with us tonight, uh, number in in 2629. I want to say good evening and welcome to Hope and Healing. You're on the air. Good evening. Thank you um, for having me, and what a great topic. I am a survivor, and I can definitely um, speak about the topic tonight. Um, my name is Natalie Purdy, and I was a victim Um I was actually trying to break up with my boyfriend, and during the discussion, um, when I thought the discussion was over and I thought he was okay with it, he um, stabbed me over 30 times. Wow. Let me ask you a question, because uh, first of all, what a powerful admission. What about the conversation and the flow of the conversation that gave you some type of, if you would, ease or assurance that you know, that, okay, he was with it, he understood, and that this was going to be a, a mutual, amicable decision. You said what made me think it was? Yeah, what about, because I think you bring up a very important point that many people deal with because they, they do think it's over. I had a conversation. I let them know I was feeling, you know, this wasn't going to work. I just want us to go on and, you know, you know, uh, you know, go our own separate ways, you know, uh, can be friends, but, you know, no more relationship. And we think that it's over with. And you, you, you said that you were having that type of conversation with him and you thought that he understood. And then he, he proceeded to stab you over 30 times. And my question was, at what point was there something about his demeanor that made you feel like that he was hearing you, or what was happening that made you felt like that? Okay, he, you know, he, it's going to be all right. He understands that we're going our own separate way. That's correct. 
Um, and I think that's really important because I think nowadays when people do get attacked, they may um, be experiencing what I experienced. Um, during our conversation, um, he was the total opposite of a person that would be upset. He um, actually showed no real emotion, continuously um, just asked, well, why? I really love you. Um, but he didn't get angry or raise his voice. And so that's what made me think that, okay, he's not he's not happy with it, but I thought that he was accepting it. And so I didn't feel like I was in any type of danger. And looking back now, I understand that it was just um, festering inside of him. And so although he sat there and listened to you, although Mm -hmm. he sat there and listening to you, when you look back on it, you realize that he was really boiling. Yeah. Wow. And so in your mind, let me ask you a question. How long long had you, and this is for the sake of many people who actually think getting out of an abusive relationship is easy. And reality is not easy. That's Uh, right. But but one of the things that you were talking about earlier would mean that, that there's a safe way. You have to think about the safe way and the safe time to leave an abusive relationship. And in your mind, I'm asking, how, how long did you feel that you actually had pondered this in your heart where you said, listen, this has got to stop? What was that point for you that you realized that, hey, we really need to get out? to get out of this, even if I'm going to try to call truce and say, look, we need to go our separate ways. But what is it? Was there an incident that came that made that uh, made you come to that decision, or was it you looking at the culmination of everything that happened and said, look, if I don't get out of this, you know, now, this, it, it, I may not ever be able to get out of it. I, um, with us, I, I was, at the, at the time, I was too young. Um, and the relationship was getting to be very serious. And so I had pondered on it, and so that was the reason of me ending the relationship, just that I felt like I was too young and um, we needed to maybe even take a break. Um, And I really thought that at the time that it was a safe environment because – I was at home. I wasn't home alone. My grandmother was there. She was in another room. Um, So I really thought that, you know, it would be safe. So in many ways, you you, you actually took the right precautions. Because in many yeah. ways you said, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in the confines of my home, so I'm, I'm not going to be away. You know, I'm not going to be uh-huh. somewhere along with this person outside. Uh, okay. I'm doing it. In the, can you still hear me? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And so you also, I mean, I'm saying this because you actually took a lot of the proper step. I'm not going to yeah. do it alone. I'm going to do it in the confines of my home where there's someone else there. So your grandmother's there in the next room and everything. You proceeded to sit down and have a conversation with this individual and what you probably thought was going well, and then they responded by stabbing you. Over 30 yeah. times is what you're saying. Wow. Yeah. yeah. What made them stop? Did they stop because they thought they had killed you, or did they stop because uh, someone came in the room? Or what made um, them he, what stop? He for a moment when my grandmother came in the room, and when she 
went to call 911 and thought that he would at least run out, he went back to stabbing me. And then um, when she was on the phone with 911, I think that's what triggered something in him, and he ran out. Wow. Needless to say, were they able to apprehend him? Um, They apprehended him, and he got away with it. And um, just two years ago, two and a half years ago, I testified against him in another case because he went on to do it um, a couple more times to other women. And this last time, he um, when, once I testified, he's now in jail for the rest of his life. Wow. You know, I, I really appreciate your, your courage and your openness to share this. There are so many pointers that comes out of your story, you know, and uh, you are a survivor. You are a survivor domestic violence, and one of the things that I think that's so critically important is that you, you pointed out three things. In many ways, I looked at, uh, you know, your precaution when you wanted to get out of it. You realized that, oh, okay, this is getting too serious. So I want to point this out to many people that may be listening now. I don't know how long you and this person was dating each other, and I don't know what your ages were at that time, but one of the signs that we talk about early warning signs of a that can become abusive regardless of age is when you have a relationship that accelerates very quickly. Even uh-huh, if it's a quick uh-huh. involvement, when it becomes very serious very quickly, you have to be very careful. Many people, uh, many people, a lot of time when they have a desire to be loved and they're looking for love and, and they want to uh-huh. be loved, they want to feel significant, they find themselves in these type of relationships and before they know it, they're swallowed up in it. And when they begin to come to their sense of realize, wow, this is moving too fast and this is way too serious, you know, uh-huh. depending on who they're with, that person doesn't want to let it go. But I want people to understand that that's one of those telltale signs, even if that, that, that abusive partner is pushing for quick involvement, they're trying to really push you real quickly, draw you in. I've seen cases where they want a, we need to move in together, but we've only been knowing each other two weeks. Uh, you know, uh, and, and they're trying to make things happen. And what we what what we do know is that a lot of that push for quick involvement, this seriousness there, is really to get you up under their control totally and completely. And that happens. Uh. And you brought up that point there where you realize, hey, I'm just too young. This is this is happening too quick. This is too much uh-huh. for us to handle right now. I need to take a break. And should we not be all? Should we not have that right? To be able to say, look, this is moving too fast. We need to step away. But that was denied from you. And the thing about it, I'm still here baffled to hear you say that literally, he he literally, for all intents and purposes, got off from what he did yeah. to you. I don't understand how a person can be stabbed over 30 times and it could be considered anything else than attempted murder and assault That's right. you know, on, on this person. And yet it's still... And I want people to hear this today because I think it's a good question to be able to ask. It's a good thing to find out. Is this wonderful guy that I've just met, how was his previous relationships? Uh-huh. How could I find out about him? You know, we don't want to say history with anyone else. Uh, one of the things yeah. I, I say that to anyone, you know, you want to find out, well, well, when was your last relationship? How did it end? Yeah. You know, what's the history of it? Because in your case, although justice wasn't served immediately, it is because of the fact this person didn't stop with you. 
the night that he ran out wasn't the end of his abuse. And though his uh-huh. abuse may have stopped with you on that night, it went on uh-huh. to the next individual and the next individual uh-huh. after that. Uh-huh. And because of that, uh-huh. he also perpetrated that type of violence there, it's a great thing that you became in the loop of what happened because you were able to testify against it and maybe someone in his own way, you know, justice is served now. And That's so correct. my question to you, what is it that you would tell, in your own words, what is it that you would say to our audience and those that may be listening tonight or those that may be listening back to this on the playback? All of these uh, all these shows are in archives, and one can always go back to them under soloamericaradio.com, Hope and Healing, and, and play them. You can even share them with other people. And so what would you say uh, if you were speaking to the audience, and you are, you know, what are the things that you would say to them, not only things to look out for, you know, in, in retrospect, the things to look out for. And also I want you to conclude with the, what you were talking about earlier, uh, you know, that safe way, you know, being cautious how you try to leave a, a visa relationship. Yes. Um, I would definitely say um, to to be aware, just like you said, about their past relationships um, and to just investigate, you can't know. There's there's nothing that you – how can I put it? There's just not enough information that you just need to know, um, especially looking back um, just in my own situation. I believe that um, just from his reactions, there was probably um, other victims before me, and – um, the victims after me had no idea about my case, um, and they right. didn't find out until much later. So I'm so grateful that an investigator um, really dug deep to find out and to find me um, because they had no idea. And I usually look at the type of relationship that a person has with their family, um, but really to know that criminal background is the best way because sometimes the family will hide it and they'll try and justify it. And that's what they were trying to do um, even to this day, try and justify and hide what happened with um, with him and with him attacking me. Um, so that's, that's just so important that, um, you know, just like they say, knowledge is power. Um for any listeners listening, um, I think that it's just so important, um, like we discussed earlier, um, to have your strategies in place when you are trying to leave and you can't, you can't, basically you have, as a precautionary measure, you can't really let them know that you're leaving as much as you you want to think that, you, they're gonna let you leave. You just have to take. You have to just take precaution and just leave um, the safest way. Um, be careful who you tell because sometimes they'll threaten that family member or either curse them into letting them know where you went or what your plan is. Um, and sometimes they may. Um, a, lo- a lot of these perpetrators, what they do is they make it seem like it's you, and they really want to get you to help and. So tell me what's going on, you know, if she's acting crazy or he's acting crazy, and if you could just tell me what's going on so I can save my marriage or I can save my relationship. And that's just another way for them to manipulate and find out what you're doing. 
Um, so I just say to find the safest way um, to try and exit. And sometimes it's even dangerous when you involve other people. So the most important thing is probably to to notify the police. Um, Absolutely. During your exit strategy, as opposed to because sometimes you think you're going to bring a family member with you, um, and it can just escalate to more violence. Absolutely. You know, and, and that is a real good, real good advice there because the fact you have to be very cautious, and we often say there's not a one size fits all. You know, one must be able to gauge, and I think you brought up a very important point. You have to even be able to gauge who to involve inside of you. You know, letting them know. You have to know the ones. Okay. That are really there to support you. You got to know the ones that are there, uh, you know, uh, really because their own uh, their own agenda. And I thought you said something that was interesting when you begin to try to find out about the individual, and you look at, you know, sometimes family members look they're just waiting on they look they're just hoping somebody come and take this person off their hand, you know. And <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe oh goodness, this is a good one. I found. He got That's a good one right. here, and oh no! Listen, he he's not good yeah. to you at all. And so, a lot of yeah. times, you know, they're just hoping that he hit the lottery, you know, with someone, and not recognizing that he is a problem. He's a problem right. in the last relationship, and a relationship before that one, and a relationship before that one, and a relationship before that one. And so, you know, okay. in really understanding the dynamics of the relationship with their people uh, that they have is very important. Secondarily, listen, I say this, and I know people may disagree. I don't think it's, it's a bad thing. If you're willing to do a background check on this person, do it. Mm-hmm, that's if, I agree. If you're going to enter into a relationship and you definitely think that this thing is, you know, have a potential or maybe getting serious or whatever, do a background check. Be willing to do a background check. You know, word of mouth doesn't hurt neither. Because you never know who knows who that they dated or they're with. And, and I say this because in a, in, a, in a world, in a day of social media, I'm often intrigued by people who think that oftentimes that they're spiting someone else. They're spiting. You know, they're, they want to put on Facebook, me and my man, we had a great time today. And, but the person who had it before knows, baby, you must be new. You haven't seen nothing yet, you know. And yeah. so where, you know, where, where you're trying to profile with this person, those that have been there said, oh, you know, I am praying for you now because, in fact, you have on your case, on your hand, a nutcase. And you haven't That's discovered right. yet, you will. And I've seen that happen. I've seen that play out. Uh, I've, I've definitely have interacted directly with individuals uh, who I met on social media. And because of the nature of the work that we do, they reached out and about you know the abuse that they were experiencing, and you know, and we walked them through certain cases, only to see them you know months later and sometimes years later, and they're head over heels with someone that they're posting everything about on social media, and oh my baby, my hubby. And, and all that, and all those not their hubby, and, and they're there, and you see them wrapped up in it. And as I'm reading the things they're posting, I realize, man, they're in a trap, and they are. And it's only a matter of time. And what do I see? I see a follow up post. How could I have been so crazy? I'm tired of being, you know, someone's punching bag. Those things are there. And so we have to be understanding that the fact that I'm not in you know, a purpose of the relationship, not be able to, you know, the, the, you know, to throw up, you know, to throw up the signs. Say, look, I got him now, nine, nine, and nine, nine, because the response on the other end may be saying, "Thank God, he's off my hand," you know. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> you know, so right. you may get a thank you know, you know, thank you, you know. Yes. But we, we have to be very careful about these things because they're damaging. 
And then I will say mm-hmm. to the other place, you know, if you're dealing with a person who's abusive, three things. Number one, you lack the ability to change them. They must want to change. There's nothing magical about you that is going to change that individual. Don't play. Don't fall for that one. Baby, you made me a new man. Are you about to make me a new man? If you're a new man, it's because of the fact you are willing to put in the time, the effort, and the modification in your own behavior to become that new person. And I say to anyone, don't you dare take on that responsibility of saying, I'm going to transform you. You're not Merlin the magician. You don't have a wand. You can't. You cannot knight them with a wand, and all of a sudden they're changing behavior. And that's something that one has to be understanding about to understand that you can't. Now, I haven't said all that. Have I seen people change? Yes, they do. And sometimes it's interesting. Sometimes it's a matter of, of even maturity. Sometimes it's a matter of that person realizes they've come to the end of themselves and realize this is not the right life. This is uh, this is uh, repulsive. I shouldn't be doing this. This is a shame. I need help, and I get help. But that has to be something that they must be willing to do, not something that you try to negotiate them through. Because once again, if they don't get help because they recognize they need help, then they're not getting help at all. Mm-hmm. That's what's important today. Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That's the number to reach us. We're right at the end of the show. I'm so very a caller today. Uh, I thank you so much for being with us. Please hold on. I don't want you to go yet. Uh, I really appreciate your comments today, and uh, I think it's very fruitful. And I think people need to understand uh, the dynamics of this inside of this. And when you start talking about how traumatic that is to be attacked, you know. The ultimate, the ultimate, um, the ultimate injury that abuse caused is initiated by what I consider betrayal. And the betrayal to think someone who one moment said that I care about you, I love you, you're my baby, we need to be together, and the next moment they are stabbing you. Uh-huh. It's the ultimate betrayal. Yeah. It's the ultimate. It doesn't. It doesn't match up. It doesn't match up. Or you say you love me, but but you're hurting me, and you're doing you're doing enough to to to, to literally kill me. And how do I believe that you love me? And that is really the question tonight inside of that. So I, I want to say this to you uh, tonight, uh, caller, as as you're still with us tonight. Um, if you were speaking right. now, to a group of young women, and I'm young women from the ages of 15 to 41, and based upon what you've gone through, your survival story, um, what is the one thing or two things that you would say to them? I'm sorry, my phone. I was breaking. You were breaking up. I'm sorry. Okay. You said yeah, that maybe young women. If you're speaking to a group of young women, say from the ages of 15 to 41. Based okay. upon your survival experience of survivor experience that you've gone through, what are the one or two things that you would say to them? I would say to them, um, first and foremost, to um, seek God mm-hmm. or um, whatever religious beliefs that they have, um, to have um, a strong support system. If, they, if that's possible, and to just know that their life is important and that they can get through this and they can get past it and not to give up. 
and definitely not to stay because they don't deserve it, no matter what someone has told you, no matter what it feels like, um, as hard as it is to believe that you can get out of it and, you know, and succeed and live um, without that person, you can do it. You definitely can do it. And that's very important uh, advice there because um, in many ways, when a person begins to deal with a devaluation of themselves, it makes mm-hmm. it easier for them to fall prey and victim to a perpetrator. We like yeah. to say long before that perpetrator ever beats them up, they're often beaten down with words and mm-hmm. threats and intimidation yeah. and coercions. Strangula- uh, strangulation, mm-hmm. all of these things contribute to this type of a um, dynamic, and we have to be very careful about that, and so there must be a value of oneself. I really appreciate your comments tonight. Please hold on uh, because we'll definitely uh, be able to speak with you even afterwards. Uh, you listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. It's your host, J.R. Thickland, and I'm so glad you're listening to us on the Soul of America Radio Network. And we're going to come back to wrap it up right after this break here. I'll see you on the other side of the break. Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. We'll be right back after this commercial break. And that commercial is coming. to the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. And remember, you can catch this show every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 8 o'clock p.m. Central. And give them a call tonight at 323-784-9638. 323-784-9638 This is Soar. Two three seven eight four nine six three eight. You give Jay a call right now. And now back to the show.
Welcome back to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here today on the Soul of America Radio Network. What a great topic on the night. When dating goes bad, it may not be over when you think it is, and we're so glad for each of you that have listened tonight. I want to say very thank you to uh, our caller, Miss Natalie Purdy, that have called in and shared some very valuable insight with us about this subject matter. She is a survivor of domestic violence. Uh, uh, <clears throat> she's been very proactive in a addressing issues of domestic violence. And uh, uh, Natalie, I know that you're still on the line. And, um, you know, perhaps you want to share uh, with those that are out there. I know that you're, that, you're, that you're speaking and you're open to speaking around the country about this and everything. Uh, and I don't know if you want to share with them with the website or any information you want to share. And perhaps not. I don't know. But I want to give you, I want to give you the uh, last couple of minutes before we sign off to be able to share. Oh, thank you so much. Um, yes, I do a lot of work with um, Samaritan House. I also work with a foundation that's Heart to Heart Foundation and another local um, foundation in Virginia, Heal Not Hide. Um, and so um, I am available. I'm on Facebook at Natalie Purdy, and that's P-U-R-D-I-E. I can also be um, contacted um, via email at nataliepurdy at yahoo.com. Um, and to see my story, um, I am on Dates from Hell, as well as I Dated a Psycho. That's on the Lifetime Movie Network. Um, or if you want to just hear about my story and Google me, and I'm, I'm available for speaking engagements and just helping uh, victims, especially uh, my passion is just to speak to our youth because um, domestic violence is just really plaguing our nation, especially our young people. And I was young at the time when um, I was stabbed, so I just really tried to reach out to young people to speak to them. Well, that is awesome, and I hope that all of you have gotten this information. If you'd like to go back and listen to it, you can always go back um, and listen to the podcast or pull it up on www.soulofamericaradio.com. You can uh, go to the Hope and Healing tab, and um, you'll be able to to, uh, get this today and replay it and share it with another. And, Natalie, I'm so glad that you uh, uh, came on with us tonight. And uh, you mentioned about Lifetime. I dated a psycho. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> now this is this a story based upon this a story based upon what you went through or, or, or exactly That's correct. Uh, wow. Okay. And uh, for all of you that are lifetime movie, uh lifetime network uh watchers or lifetime mm-hmm. watchers, uh, uh definitely maybe perhaps you can go to uh lifetime um uh, uh website or whatever and be able to pull this yeah. up and uh this is very important and this is a great tool to be able to make a difference. And for many of you that are Time. We're always involved with different programs and projects and things that we do to bring empowerment about the issue of domestic violence. So I want you to remember Natalie uh, Purdy inside of this, and we look forward to bringing her into some other connections and collaborations so that uh, we can help get her story out, that it can help others as well. And so uh, we're definitely thankful tonight for you, Natalie, and uh, uh, we look forward to having you on officially as a guest, okay? And uh, that'll be a great thing to have you on officially as a guest. And as we're looking at the clock now, it's just about that time. And I'm so very glad that you're here, uh, that you're joining us here tonight on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. And we've had a great time with you, and I want to encourage you. 
you inside of this uh, to understand that your silence only perpetuates the violence. Continue to reach out and be a source of support to someone who may be going through an abusive relationship. And until next time, I want you to always remember there's the national hotline number there, 1-800-799-7233, 1-800-799-SAFE. That is the number 24 hours. Perhaps you know someone who's in an abusive relationship, uh, someone who's just trying to find answers. And, uh, and wherever you are, in your local areas there, utilize your victim services and those different services. I have to say here in South Florida, we have a tremendous team of individuals, our Palm Beach County uh, victim services, uh, sexual assault response team, uh, the different services that are here, the victim advocates, and uh, utilize them. And in, in neighborhoods, there may be a faith-based entity, you know, uh, continue to encourage them to become a part of this movement. And until next time, this is J.R. Fickland, and I'm saying to you, remember, your silence perpetuates the violence that there is hope and there is healing, and you can overcome an abusive relationship. Until next time, be blessed.
Is Natalie? Okay. I've... Exactly. Exactly. The, the, all, and what was interesting at the time ran out, I kept hearing it count down, but what I didn't realize that although we were, you know, what we call in the back room area, I didn't know that that would shut down. <laughs> and so, yeah. Okay. Right. Well, you got it there. Yeah, well, I was sharing with you about the Institute on Domestic Violence in African-American Communities out of the University of Minnesota. Uh, I, um, I've done a lot of work with them, and uh, Dr. Oliver William is one of the founders of it, uh, actually original founder. And, um, you know, I like to, when I come across individuals that I think have a, uh, a great message or